listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. And what is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosvogu, and this podcast is presented by Boot Crew Media or Nito's Tequila, which is the official tequila of Boot Crew Media, and DraftKings, which you can see the promo code at the bottom, SUS, for Straight Up Saints. A lot to talk about on this episode of the Straight Up Saints podcast. We have Odell Beckham news, which has been all the craze of the NFL world the last couple of days. We have Saints news on the injury front, also going to preview their upcoming matchup against the Tennessee Titans, which, by the way, should be a really fun one. I think it's going to be one of those smash-mouth-type football games where you're looking at a 20-17 to score. I'll explain why in a little bit. But before I do that, I want to talk about the Odell Beckham situation. That seems to be the really big topic right now. And for those listening, I really appreciate you guys tuning in in the middle of a Pelicans game right now. Although, on the flip side, I know a lot of people are a little off the, the Pels train at the moment. But I want to get into this Odell Beckham situation because... You know, maybe a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if people thought it'd be that legit of a scenario where the Saints can't get Odell Beckham. But as things start to unfold, and again, the decision won't be made for at least the next day or two, it seems like the Saints are a legitimate actual threat slash contender to get Odell Beckham. And that has led to a lot of mixed reactions. You have the one side, which is us Saints fans who are thrilled about that, just to even be in contention because we all know that they think they need a receiver. Like that's not a, a, you know, something that is a secret at this point. Everyone knows the Saints offense needs a receiver. And then you have the other side that I've kind of noticed, unfortunately, both personally, and I've also seen the way fans have been treated on it, where it's almost like, I feel like the media really doesn't want Odell Beckham to go there. And again, I'm not going to get too far into this, but I felt like I wanted to have this rant briefly to open because I put out a tweet today talking about Odell to the Saints and why I think there is a legit possibility. And there are reasons for him to go there because Odell, for the last 24 hours, has been linked to the Patriots, the Packers, the Chiefs, the Saints, and the Seahawks. When you mention the Chiefs, you mention the Packers, you mention the Seahawks, the first thing that comes up is, hey, Odell Beckham can play with a great quarterback. You mention the Patriots, you think about Bill Belichick and the Patriot way. And then when you mention the Saints, the only thing that people can say when they talk about Odell Beckham, why they think he should go to New Orleans is, you know, I guess you can go home. That seems attractive to Odell. And then it stops there for some weird reason. So I went out and I tweeted, you know, last thing on Odell Beckham, the whole he wouldn't want to play with Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill narrative to me seems a little bit lazy. I said Simeon and Hill aren't notable quarterbacks. They're not a Mahomes. They're not a Rodgers. But the scheme in New Orleans shouldn't go unnoticed. They can manufacture touches for OBJ. And for some reason, that tweet, and I, I have no clue why, and I'm not, you know, butthurt over it. I, I've, this has happened so many times on Twitter, but I was just baffled, which is why I'm bringing it up. That tweet brought out a weird response from a man from Bleach Report who I will not mention his name, but he was basically saying needing to manufacture touches is what got them in the first place and that there's no football argument for New Orleans being a better spot than the Chiefs and Packers, which, by the way, is something I never said. I never said what was the best spot for Odell Beckham. I made a case for why the Saints are a good spot, not saying they're the best spot. And then Geoff Schwartz, who you guys know how I feel about him, just quote tweets it and goes, only New Orleans can scheme up plays for Odell, question mark. I was, I took the professional route. I, I, I took the very polite route and said what I was trying to explain and that he twisted my words, which he did, which I think is a pathetic move. But now that I'm on my own podcast and I have my own platform to talk about it, I'm going to talk about it. I am sick and tired of younger people in the media, whether it's myself, whether it's other people, whether it's people we're watching right now, Younger people in the media who I know who are great people 
get constantly put down by older people in the media for no reason. I would get it if I'm being snobby, and I'm sure I have some tweets some days where I'm a little too sassy and it's a little too edgy. And if it was one of those days, I'd say, hey, come after me on Twitter. Today wasn't one of those days. But Gia Schwartz decided to get his panties in a twist and then basically twist my words for no fucking reason. And again, I don't care. Geoff Schwartz can do whatever the hell he wants, but Geoff Schwartz has the job that he has because he used to be in the NFL. And mind you, I am a guy who podcasts for, I'm a podcast for the Saints in terms of I podcast and talk about Saints football. Geoff Schwartz played for the Chiefs. His brother played for the Chiefs for a long time, and he keeps advocating Odell to go to the Chiefs. I don't go out of my way to tell Geoff Schwartz why you're advocating for the Chiefs to get Odell Beckham. So stay in your lane. I'll gladly stay in mine. But you just think you get slam dunk on these younger people because it's not just me. I've seen it way too many times with younger people in the media for no reason get put down. I think it's ridiculous. I will continue to be polite and respectful on Twitter anytime I interact with them. But since I'm on the podcast, I'll just say it. There was no reason for blue check Twitter to go all up in arms over that tweet. You want to find a tweet that I've had that seems suspect in the way that I brought upon, uh, you know, brought a point uh, of a, I guess a reason why Odell can be there or why the saints are fit. Sure. But today was not one of those days at all. I simply stated some logical opinion that Odell Beckham, if he goes to the saints would get touches, which by the way, he would get touches because the saints don't have a damn receiver right now. The, that is the caliber of old Odell Beckham or even close. Even if Odell was washed up, still don't have a guy that can match up with him. But again, apparently, you know, me saying what I said is wrong. So again, I'm going to move on. I'm going to talk about Odell and, and get into this, but I just find it funny that, you know, Geoff Schwartz decided to just basically think that he could twist my words, which is fine. If he wants to twist them again, go ahead. I'll just hit the block button because I'm not into that. I'm not, if we, if we can have a very nice exchange on Twitter, don't twist someone's words. That's a dick move, but I'm not surprised. So let's get into Odell Beckham. Let's talk about Odell Beckham with the Saints fit with other fits, because I find it very fascinating. Uh, and if you guys haven't checked out, by the way, Nick Underhill, New Orleans.football, go check out his recent piece, Why Odell Beckham Should Sign with the Saints. I thought it was gospel pretty much, and I'm not even a religious dude, but I thought it was great. So uh, I really thought that was fun to read. Let's get into it. Before I get into the Saints, I want to just talk about the other contenders. I get why the Packers are on the list. They got Aaron Rodgers, their contender, got it. I'll leave them aside. I think the Packers make the most sense, logistically speaking. The Chiefs, though, why, do every, why does everyone keep ignoring the Chiefs' record? Like, I saw a lot of people say, why would Odell want to go to the Saints? They don't have a quarterback. Fine, I get that. But then people talk about playing for the, a contender. I've been saying it for the last couple of weeks. I'll continue to say it. I think the Saints are a playoff team. The Chiefs might eventually be a playoff team, but if the playoffs started today, the Chiefs are not a playoff team. Just putting that out there. And I just want to throw this out there, too. Patrick Mahomes has really struggled this year. So while we're talking about quarterbacks and the way they played, I think we should acknowledge that Mahomes has struggled this year, and I don't know if sticking a receiver who has struggled this year into an offense that is currently struggling equals success. I, I just don't know if that equation works. Again, not a math whiz, but just saying. And then the Seahawks. That one cracks me up the most. Yes, they have Russell Wilson, potentially future Saints quarterback Russell Wilson. Yes, they have him. But they're 3-5, and five, and if they lose to the Packers, their season's over. They're 3-6 and six, with a game against the Rams left two games against the Cardinals left, you're not making the playoffs. So we do all these mental gymnastics to basically knock down the Saints. But then when I look at it, in my mind, I think the Saints and the Packers are the only two teams that should be in this race. And as for the Saints, what can they do? What can they give Odell? A volume of targets, which I mentioned before, they will get him the ball. 
They will make sure they maximize his, his skill set. They're not just going to throw him into that basic you know, wide receiver one they've had and do what other guys have done. They're going to maximize his skill set, and they're going to make sure they put him in a position to su- uh, succeed because that's on Sean Payton. And if you're not in on Trevor Simeon and you're not in on Taysom Hill, all right, I get it, but you should be all in on Sean Payton because Sean Payton has taken lesser talent and made them really good. We've seen what he's done with a Marcus Colson, a seventh-round pick, with a Jimmy Graham, with a Michael Thomas. He develops guys very well. He puts them in a position to succeed. So I love that. And I think if you're Odell Beckham, I think you pairing up with Sean Payton would be marvelous. And if you're talking about can the quarterback get you the ball, I just want to throw this out here, you guys. There was four starts last year for Taysom Hill. Two of those four starts, Michael Thomas had at least 100 receiving yards in. So I don't think this idea that once you lose Drew Brees, you can't find a guy to just basically take over as your wide receiver one is the, the deal. The Saints don't have the talent at wide receiver one right now because Michael Thomas is out. But they do have, with their system, a quarterback who can get their guy the ball. And again, one more thing, Trevor Simeon would have had 300 passing yards last week had the Saints not dropped almost every catchable ball in the first half. Just throwing that out there. And they're a playoff contender. And you know what? I will throw it out there because everyone thinks this is a lazy take. Coming back home matters for Odell Beckham. He didn't want to go to Cleveland in the first place. He tried to be a good soldier and stick it out. And he really didn't make more. Honestly, I thought Odell handled it as professional as possible. I think people want to make him out to be a bad guy. That's fine. I think if he comes home, he'll be embraced. And I think he kind of needs that at this point in his career. Even if it's just a two-month rental, you come home, the city is going to embrace you. He needs that right now. He wasn't made out for Cleveland. You know he's made out for New Orleans. And we'll see what goes on there. But I, I think it's Saints and Packers. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But this idea that the Saints should not be in the conversation is laughable because they're still five and three. Had they won last week, they'd be six and two, and everyone would be talking about them a little bit different. And the Saints beat the Bucs and they beat the Packers. Those are two teams that people love. They beat the Patriots. So I, I'm looking at this team. Maybe I'm seeing them differently and I'm being biased because I'm, I'm someone who podcasts about the Saints. But uh, this idea that OBJ should not go to New Orleans is crazy for me. So let me just get through some of these comments. What's going on, my man, Dylan? Glad you're in the chat. It, it is. Very weird. You know, you mentioned OBJ comparing it to LeBron with the decision. I think there's two factors here. One, again, this isn't a knock on OBJ, but OBJ is a flashy guy. So you know what? He knows all eyes are on him. If he wants to milk it, and he probably doesn't think he's going to play this week anyway because he would miss Wednesday's practice for whoever he signs with, milk it, but make sure you're ready by next week, I guess. And on the flip side, this is the first time he's a free agent in his career. So I think that definitely plays a factor. People automatically look at the QB situation instead of scheme. That's my thing. That is absolutely my thing. Yes, Trevor Simeon is the Saints quarterback right now. And if the Saints replace him next week with Taysom Hill, yeah, sure, Taysom Hill's your starting quarterback. The scheme matters. Like a lot of people will tell me, well, if he didn't make it work with Baker Mayfield, then he's not going to make it work with Trevor Simeon. I don't think Odell Beckham had a problem with Baker Mayfield. I really don't. I just don't think Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham were a good pairing. And I don't think uh, Stefanski's scheme is great for wide receivers. If you don't believe it, Ask Stephon Diggs, who has thrived since he left Minnesota. And that doesn't mean Stefanski's a bad coach. Stefanski's an excellent coach. But Stefanski's scheme is all based on the run game. And then everything kind of builds off the run game. So Odell wasn't a great scheme fit for Cleveland. I really don't think it was a quarterback issue. Because frankly, Eli Manning was towards the tail end of his career, and that worked out just fine. So I I just think it, it really is crazy. Twitter is good at not having good reading comprehension? Yes. Not once did I literally rip the Chiefs or the Packers but it's okay. It is what it is. Twitter, Twitter loves to just you know get all riled up for, for some reason. 
Trevor Simeon really just needs a solid receiver like OBJ. Look, that is that is part of the equation too. That that is hundred percent part of it. Is Trevor Simeon a great quarterback? No, obviously not. But if you get a, a quarterback more weapons, you provide them with a better balance. That's hundred percent going to help. It's hundred percent going to help. And yeah, my man T. Look, that that is that is a big thing there with the Chiefs. How can we mention when the Saints struggle, but the Chiefs have struggled this entire season? Barely beat Jordan Love, barely beat the Giants. Almost every single win they just get by by the skin of their teeth. And yet, doesn't matter. And Patrick Mahomes, again, love Patrick Mahomes. I do not think Patrick Mahomes is a bad quarterback. He's a great quarterback. He is not playing like a great quarterback this year, though. But again, that gets that just all that gets ignored. Sean Payton hasn't failed his QB wise. No, he hasn't. Because that, that was one more thing I want to address before I get into the next thing, uh, real quick, guys. And, and I appreciate you guys dropping the comments in as always. Someone mentioned Sean Payton and they said, well, is his scheme that good? You know, LaFleur could scheme, Andy Reid could scheme. Once again, I never said they couldn't, but I know reading's hard. Sean Payton has shown specifically with his scheme that he can replace guys and still find ways to make it work. And it might not be pretty. It may not be as flashy as 2011 or 2018 or 2009, but you look at what he's done with Trevor Simeon. They've had success. He was 5-2 and two with Jameis Winston. He was 5-0 and oh with Teddy Bridgewater. He was 3-1 and one with Taysom Hill. So how many more games does he need to win with a quarterback who's below average or not Drew Brees for people to realize, man, Sean Payton is a great coach. Uh, we can wait all day if you want, but at this point, you're just not seeing it. Saints easily offer the best future for OBJ. Possible elite QB coming next offseason. MT back, top three defense. Would you agree? I think, I don't think you're wrong. I think with Odell Beckham, I don't know if they're looking that far ahead, if it's if it's now and future. Now, if it is future, I think there's a lot there. I think that you're talking about a great defense, which I think even next year you will have a great defense. Although, if you lose Dennis Allen, how does that work? I think it'll be interesting. You got Kamara. I know people are worried about Kamara. I'm going to talk about him next. Michael Thomas, I don't know if I'll go as far as saying he's on the team next year, but again, on paper, yes. Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham, man, that sounds fun. And then QB-wise, I am under the belief. I do think the Saints are going to hit a home run at QB. And, and if, if they don't, I know they will swing for the fences. So I do think that there is a pitch there. But just staying in the now, the Saints are a playoff team. The Saints are home. The Saints offer him targets. And the Saints will maximize his talent more than any other team. Because if he goes to the Chiefs, he's behind Tyreek Hill. He's behind Travis Kelsey in targets. He goes to the Packers. He's, be- he's behind Devontae Adams. He's probably behind Aaron Jones in terms of importance in the offense. And I don't know, if, if there's a comfort level with Alan Lazard and Aaron Rodgers, maybe he's even option four. And, and with the Seahawks, you got Tyler Lockett, you got DK Metcalf, where does Odell Beckham fit in? But again, I know, I know, it's crazy to think that the Saints, even though you know, logically speaking, they make sense, that it wouldn't work. Apparently, most people see the bad in Sean Payton and criticize, which is fine, but he outweighs what it's... Look, Sean Payton has his flaws. And I'll, I'll leave off this and I'll get into Alvin Kamara. He has his flaws, but man, the good outweighs the bad every single time. Because if Sean Payton left the Saints today, how many teams would be offering him a job? 90% of them? Like, he is that great of a coach. He can get under people's skin with some of his decisions, but I wouldn't rather have, I wouldn't want another coach in this league. Like, Sean Payton is that dude. So, enough Odell Beckham talk, enough talk about people who can't read on Twitter. Let's talk about Alvin Kamara. And I see that question on the screen. I'm actually going to get that to later because that is an excellent question about Odell. 
Alvin Kamara did not practice knee injury listed on the injury report. And my Lord, did everyone get all up in arms about that and basically freak out. And I get it. I get it. You see Alvin Kamara's name on there. You're going to get a little bit nervous and I understand it. And he might not even play this Sunday. So maybe there is cause for concern, but if you guys just listened to the video or watched, I should say the video that Nick Underhill dropped on Twitter earlier today. And if you didn't listen to it, you go back and check after the show. He said the big news from this practice session is that Alvin Kamara was not in attendance with the rest of his teammates, expecting him to be listed later this afternoon with a knee injury. It's not a major situation. It sounds like something that is more day-to-day. Then Underhill said Kamara could, in theory, play this Sunday, even if he doesn't practice this week. Now, am I advocating for Kamara to uh, play without practicing? I'm not going to get into that. But I do think that this injury is not as serious, like Nick said, as people think. I think it's important to note that Alvin Kamara was on the final play of the Saints' last drive against the Falcons. Two-point conversion that did not, uh, that was not converted. That was a run. They gave it to him. He went in the medical tent, came back out. It was a quick check. They're basically saying it's a mild spring. I think this is good news because there was an, uh, an insider on Wednesday morning who tweeted that Alvin Kamara had a high, had a, uh, high ankle sprain Grade one. This is why it's very important when you tweet out something to one, check who the source is and two, maybe wait until someone you trust puts out the information because this guy says it's a high ankle sprain. I never heard of him in my life. I did not tweet out that information because I didn't want to put you guys there and, and basically, you know, subject you to someone I'd never heard of before. And then Nick comes out. It's a mild knee sprain. My thoughts on this, depending on how your game plan goes, sitting Camara for a game it's not the worst thing in the world. I always look at this with great players is it's a long season. And I looked at the schedule this week and I know this is not what you guys want to hear, but the saints can lose to the Titans. And I'm telling you would not change much of the playoff picture because the Falcons are going to play the Cowboys coming off a loss. I think the Falcons will lose. The Panthers are playing the chiefs. No, Sam Darnold doesn't matter. Anyway, he stinks. I think they'll lose to the Cardinals. The Vikings are playing the chargers. Even if the Vikings beat the chargers, which I do not think they will, they would move up to maybe the seven seed. And guess what? The Saints are still chilling at the six seed with a game to spare, by the way. So I think you have to look big picture. And I think when you have a stretch where it's Titans, Eagles, Bills, Cowboys, what matters now? A win this Sunday against the Titans or making sure that Kamara is healthy for the final stretch of the season? Just going to throw that out there. Because if they have to basically sacrifice a game, this is another week to do it. And I've been I've been banging this drum, and I'll bang it for the last time. And I'm probably lying to myself. Probably banging it a couple more times. These Saints, I think, make the playoffs. Not just because I, I really do have confidence in the Saints team. I don't have confidence in the rest of the NFC. If you look at the wild card picture, guys, there are not many good teams. Like I've been saying this the whole year, the top five teams in the NFC they will clinch very quickly. Like by December, I believe they will clinch. And then you're looking at the six and the seven. And I think the Saints are actually, you know, definitely one of those teams. And then who knows who gets the seven? So I think if you have to sacrifice Kamara for one game, I don't think it's that big of a deal. And on the flip side, like you guys mentioned, you got Mark Ingram. You knew you traded for Mark Ingram to have that option B to Alvin Kamara. If Mark Ingram needs to be option A for one game, I think that's fine. Because by the way, I think Mark Ingram's ran the ball extremely well since he's re- reunited with the Saints. So I am just going to put that out there and throw it there. And as for whether or not this game would affect their playoffs hopes, I know it seems terrible if the Saints drop to five and four, but I promise you in the grand scheme of things, 
You look at the NFC picture, I do not think good. I think nine and eight is probably. I'm gonna be honest, guys. I'm looking at it right now. I think nine and eight is definitely at you know at best the seven seed. But man, the six seed might be nine and eight too. And the seven seed might be eight and nine. Like you look at the NFC picture, guys, it's it's not good. And if you guys don't believe me, just go check it out. So let's get right to the rest of the injury report. Excuse me. Did not participate in addition to Kamara. It was CJ Gardner Johnson with a foot injury. I saw some people say turf toe. I saw someone tweet out he broke his toe. But that was an NBA insider who's not great at an NBA insider job putting that out there. So I don't really know whether I would trust that. You have Peyton Turner with a shoulder injury, Teron Armstead with a knee and shoulder. Then limited, you have Ty Montgomery, hamstring, Carl Granderson, shoulder, and Ryan Ramchek. But that is non-injury, uh, non-injury related. So grand scheme of things, Peyton Turner getting hurt again really stinks. He did come back in last week's game, but maybe it's like a stinger. Uh, we'll see what happens there. If they lose him, but they get back Carl Granderson, I think that in, you know, I would prefer to have Turner, but again, you want to have as many bodies out there. Having Carl Granderson back is good. You have that rotation, but it's crazy to me that the Saints defensive line, it's been a revolving door. Davenport's out. Turner comes in. Granderson's in. All of a sudden, Turner's out. Davenport's in. Granderson's out. Now Turner's out. So it is just all over the place there. But I do think for the most part, this injury report's not that crazy to me. Like, even Gardner Johnson, who I think is an outstanding player, I don't know if the Titans are the matchup where you're like, you really need Gardner Johnson for. Like, you really need Gardner Johnson for those games where teams want to spread you out. I don't know if the Titans, right now, are built to just throw it all over the park. I I don't know. So, Saints-Titans, a lot, a lot of keys. And yes, absolutely, Garrison, I totally agree. It's been next man up all season, and it will continue to be that way. And it'll only get worse because the NFL decided that adding another game to a long physical season was a good idea. So Saints-Titans, here are some keys. Number one for me, and I think this one will always be the most important, and it's kind of the no-brainer, but I want to add it in there because after watching the Titans-Rams game last week, I think it's going to be paramount for this one. Avoiding turnovers. I I think the Saints offense, for the most part, has done a good job of that this year. Last week, you did have the strip sack on Simeon, which is more so bad blocking on that one particular play, but... The Titans last week, everyone went, you know, raved about their win over the Rams, and it was very impressive. But I think the most impressive thing about that Titans win over the Rams was they did it on defense. An early pick on Matt Stafford in their own territory. Then you had um, the the pick six from Kevin Byard, who, if you're, if you're Simeon, you do not throw towards that dude. And they just really didn't look back. Once they got that big lead, I believe it was like 14-3, to three, that was just kind of it for Tennessee. They kind of just cruise-controlled the rest of the game. So for the Saints... You know that you might be down Kamara. And let's say you are down Kamara. You can't afford to give the Titans extra possession. So avoiding turnovers is big. Slowing down Jeffrey Simmons is number two for me. What a game wrecker this man has become. He had three sacks last week. And there was a point where the Rams could not get anything going because of him. And I think for New Orleans, your interior, there are some questions. Like Eric McCoy, again, baller. How does Hurst step up? Because I thought Hurst struggled last week. It was probably one of his worst games of the season. And then Ruiz. Ruiz has been pretty steady, believe it or not. But again, those dudes need to step up because you're going up against a guy who from the interior has five and a half sacks this year, has overwhelmed the Rams, had that big stop against the Bills on Monday Night Football. Jeffrey Simmons is a game wrecker. And if you are going to have success running between the tackles and keeping this offense on schedule, keeping Simmons at bay is just so imperative. So imperative whether or not you are going to win this game. So I think that is really important. Three, going to the other side. Marshall Lattimore needs to have his A game. I'm not saying Marshall Lattimore didn't play well last week against the Falcons, although I didn't think he had a great game. Marshall Lattimore needs to bring it on Sunday. 
You got A.J. Brown on the other side. You have Julio Jones on the other side. You want him, realistically, to limit one of them. Probably A.J. Brown. That is the guy that you want to limit. A.J. Brown is the dude that could take it from 10 yards to 50, take it from midfield to the house, anywhere. He's that good. And if Lattimore can limit that, with Derrick Henry out, mind you, he's got the foot injury, I think that changes a lot of things. And you would also take away the number one read for Tannehill. And going on to that, kind of piggybacking off that, you need to get pressure on Ryan Tannehill. In the Titans' two losses this season, they've given up 13 total sacks. Now, I'm not asking for the Saints to get six sacks. I, I know better than that. Six sacks is a huge number. But it tells you, and it's, it's kind of a no-brainer, when they're not protecting Ryan Tannehill, they are losing football games. And if you look at the advanced stats of Ryan Tannehill when he has a clean pocket as opposed to under pressure, again, another no-brainer. But when he's actually in a clean pocket, there are, I think there was one or two quarterbacks who were as efficient as Tannehill. That's how good he's been with a clean pocket this year. On the flip side, obviously, you get pressure on him. That's where you can open things up. So if you take away his first read, give your pass rush a little bit of time to get after Tannehill, all of a sudden you got something. And Marcus Davenport and Cam Jordan late in that Falcons game, they showed me something they could build off of. And if they can continue to get pressure on the quarterback, I think that is ways that is a way excuse me that the Saints can pull off this upset. So I know a lot of people are looking at this game and they're thinking to themselves, Saints have no chance, or some people are saying, oh, it's going to be tough. And it is going to be tough. The Titans are a great team, and the Titans actually have a little bit of a Saints feel to them where they keep winning games, and there's always an excuse. There's always, they got to do it one more time for me. And it's like, okay, they've beaten the Bills, they've beaten the Chiefs, they've beaten the Colts, they've beaten the Rams, and they're doing this all consecutively. And at what point do we give them their respect? I've been giving it to them the whole season. I'll continue to give them the respect. And I think you go into this game, and I think what is really important is what happened last week. And I say that because for the Saints, it's been a really big deal for them this year. The Saints beat the Packers. They're feeling good. COVID situation, they lose to the Panthers. They rebound. They rebound from the Panthers game. They beat a Patriots team that looks a lot better now than they did back, uh, you know, back in September. Feeling good, you go back home, you lose to the Giants. That Giants lost left a bad taste in their mouth, responded with a win at Washington, responded with a win at Seattle, responded with a win against Tampa Bay. And now all the emotions are riding high. You beat the Buccaneers. No one gave you a shot. You beat them without Jameis Winston. And then there's the emotional letdown if you beat a Falcons team that was coming off a bad loss to the Panthers. Now, I'm not saying that this is the reason why the Saints will win. I'm not saying the Saints will win. I'm not even sure of that. But what I do know is the Saints play at their best after they're coming off a loss. It's just been that way for Sean Payton teams for the last couple of years. I think there's a sense of urgency that's built in. The defense specifically plays a lot better when they're on the road. We've seen them lock down against the the Washington football team. We've seen them lock down against Seattle. We've seen them force a lot of turnovers against the Patriots. We've seen them in Jacksonville. I know it was a home game, but I'm still not calling it a home game against the Packers. They did their thing against Aaron freaking Rodgers. So the defense plays better on the road. They're coming off a tough loss. The Titans on the flip side, they're riding high. Now, I'm not saying that's why the Titans would lose because they're riding high, but you don't think the Titans feel pretty damn good about themselves beating a Rams team that, by the way, no one gave them a chance of beating because they lost Derrick Henry. They won that game. And then you're flying all the way back home to Tennessee, and now you got to host the Saints team that is coming off a loss, and maybe you want to overlook them. Maybe they don't have Kamara. Maybe they don't have James Winston. Maybe they don't have a couple pieces here and there. I think that would be a mistake. Now, I'm not saying the Titans will overlook them, but it's just been that Saints thing where they respond well. And I always told myself, I don't know what to make of this Saints team. There's so many unknowns this year because there's so many new faces and there's just so many injuries. But the one thing I feel like I can hang my hat on and I say at the end of the day, I know they do this well. I know they respond well. 
And I know everyone likes to get on the Saints case because we expect greatness from them every single year. And if it's not a Super Bowl, then it's not, then it was not worth it. Which again, that's a problem in itself. But even last week against the Falcons, how frustrating that loss was, the Saints are not pushovers and the Saints respond. Like it would be, it would have been so easy last week for the Saints to just mail it in and say, let's get ready for the Tennessee. They pushed, they fought, and they're a play away from winning that game. Now you play Tennessee, a seven and two football team, which by the way, the Saints have been playing up to their competition this year and also down to it, which is a problem, but they've been playing up to their competition. I mean, this is this is the this is the the script for them. This is the script. Now, AK status will impact the game, but I do think that eventually not having Derrick Henry is going to catch up to the Tennessee Titans. It didn't hurt them last week because their defense played so excellently well where they were forcing turnovers and putting Matt Stafford in a spot where honestly Matt Stafford did not look comfortable. So if the Saints O line can do their thing, they can keep Simeon on track. You got a chance. Because I think the thing about the Titans that eventually they will miss is not having Derrick Henry to just wear down an opponent. And with the Saints defense, it would be a there would be such a luxury to have a Derrick Henry to wear down your Demario Davises and your Malcolm Jenkins and your and your Pete Warners and your Quan Alexanders. You don't have that luxury now. And I think that is going to play a factor. I think the Rams were so uncomfortable offensively last week. It didn't matter. I think it will matter for this week. I think it's going to be a physical game. I think the Saints defense is going to bring it. And I think it strictly comes down to who who wins a turnover battle. Saints defense, it's time for them to force a couple of turnovers. They did it against Tampa Bay. They couldn't do it against Atlanta. If they could do it in this one, I think the Saints pull off the upset. But for now, I think it's around the 20 to 17 ballpark. And I think the Saints team is going to respond well. I really do. I really think that this Saints team is going to respond. Now, does it equate to a win? I can't promise anyone anything. But I do think it's going to be a close game. This team loves to play up to its competition. And again, if they do lose this game, guys, just pay attention to the rest of the NFC. Because I know a lot of people after last week said they screwed their playoff chances. And I was like, man, do you see the rest of the NFC? It's not. It really isn't that good once you get past the first five teams. So I think that the Saints are going to have a legitimate shot here to pull off the upset. I think Kamara's status is obviously going to be important. And I'll, I'll throw this one more in here because I think this is going to be really, really crucial if Kamara doesn't play. And let's say he's not playing. Even if he does, I, I think this person is going to get a lot of touches. I think this is the Taysom Hill game. I think the Saints kind of eased him in last week. I think this is the game where you have to unleash Taysom Hill. Like Taysom Hill needs 15 touches and you need to see what he can do out of that. I think this is the game to do it. And I think if the Saints are going to win this game, you're going to need a lot of taste of mill. You're going to need to run the football well, and you're going to need to win the turnover battle. And if you do those things, you can knock off the number one seed in the AFC. But you got to be careful with the football, and you go from there. So before I, I log out, guys, there's a couple of questions I want to get to you guys dropped in. And if you have more comments while you guys are watching the live stream, whether it's Saints, NFL, Life, whatever the hell you want to throw at me, throw it in there, and I'll pull it up on the screen. But let me get to some old ones real quick that I wanted to bring up. Put AK on ice. I don't care. I 1,000% uh, agree. If AK is not ready to go this week, he's not ready to go. And if he's not ready to go next week against Philly, all right, let's roll for Thanksgiving against Buffalo. Like, I, I think it's that important. And can you go one and one in the stretch without him? Maybe two and oh without him? We'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, the Saints are so good at responding to adversity, especially this season. How good is Odell really? Like, is he a wide receiver one anymore? Now, I, I'm really glad you brought this question up, Jake, because I think this is the... For this case, it's a $7.5 million question because that's what the, the Browns, you know, if they, if they didn't agree to something, that's what they would have ate for Odell to get cut. And I think, it's, I think it's a lazy take to say that he would be a wide receiver one, and I think it's a lazy take to also say that he isn't a wide receiver one because I think it's such a complicated matter because I think on one hand, Odell hasn't looked good in Cleveland, and he didn't look good in Cleveland. It just never worked. 
But Randy Moss left the Raiders and everything worked out. Now, I'm not comparing the two players. Obviously, Randy is a greater talent. But you'd be surprised what a change of scenery does for a lot of guys. There are so many players, they leave a certain place, and there's a glow to them. And the Saints have benefited from that because as a guy from New York, I watched Demario Davis bust his ass week in, week out in New York, but he never really got talked about because the Jets don't win. And who really wants to talk about Demario Davis playing well when they lost 30-13 to against the Bills? Like, who cares? And he comes to the Saints, and he shines. And now, although he shined in New York, you didn't see the hype. I think for Odell... I think he would benefit greatly from a change of scenery, and he will benefit from it. Now, is he a wide receiver one? That's also a factor that we got to take into account because not only has the production not been there, Odell's been hurt a lot. And I think for Odell, he's going to need to prove it. At least to me, I, I think I need to see it from Odell, but this idea that he's just washed up, I think is crazy to me. I just think it doesn't work in Cleveland. It was never working. They tried their best to make it work. It was just not a good relationship. They just weren't compatible, I should say. It just, it just didn't work. So I, I think that, Odell is, it's a, it's, a, it's a mystery right now. But at the very least, he's probably a wide receiver too. At the very least. And the Saints can use a wide receiver too. But if it works out and it turns out that Cleveland wasn't the right fit, then he probably still is a wide receiver one. But it's a great question. I'm glad you brought it up. And I, and I think that it's something that wherever he goes, we're going to get the answer to. Losing the Titans almost feels like it can't happen. I feel like the Saints have to win two out of the next four to stay in playoff hopes. So look, you, you say two out of the four. I think the Saints will beat Philly. I, I just can't see them losing to Philly in Philly two more times, like two years in a row. And I think that that game last year was the game that cost them the one seed. And I don't think that the Saints don't remember that. They do. And they had no tape on Jalen Hurts. Now you do have tape on Jalen Hurts. I think that's important. And I think the Saints respond there just looking ahead. But the Saints play up to the competition. The Saints play the Bills and the Cowboys both on Thursday nights, both at home. They're going to win one of those games. And I know people are going to say that's just blind faith, whatever, and, and you call it blind faith if you want. I'm pretty sure the Saints are going to win one of those games. And that gets you two. So I think the Titans one is somewhere, you know, holding on to how good this team can be. And we'll see from there. Honestly, would have signed up for five and four at this point in the beginning of the season. Yeah, look, the 17 games changes so much. Because I've said for the Saints, so they're five and three right now. I think 10 and seven would be a great spot for them to finish. So can they finish the season five and four is what I'm asking. And, you know, you look at the schedule now and you'll say there's hard games, but they got a rematch against the Panthers that I'm confident in. They got a game against the Jets that I'm confident in. They got a game against the Dolphins that I'm confident in. They got a rematch with the Falcons that they got a shot in. So I think the Saints will be fine. I really do. I really, really do. Got to have Juwan Johnson active in case trauma decides to get out of catch again. Please say that one more time. But seriously, it was really shocking to me that Juwan Johnson was inactive. I thought maybe that the Saints thought they had the right piece there in, in Griffin at tight end. Maybe they thought that Garrett Griffin was the right answer with Trevor Simeon. Maybe that's it. But for Jawan Johnson to be inactive and healthy and active, I thought that was really weird. With our offense this year for the Saints to win games, we have to win the turnover battle. Absolutely. And it, it is unfair, but the Saints need elite defense almost every single game to make sure that they can win it. I think this is kind of the game script for them to play an elite defensive game, especially Derrick Henry out. They won't be worn down. I think there's a chance, though. We'll see. Chris, what's happening, bro? What's going on, man? Appreciate you joining the chat. Really do. Packers not getting a draft pick taken away like the Saints did last year is all I need to see. The NFL hates the Saints. Yeah, look, all right. So I'm glad you brought that up. So I guess I'll end on this. And I'll, I'll answer whatever other questions you got. So if you guys have questions, drop them in. But I guess it'll be my last rant of this podcast because it's been a little long here. The, the fact that the NFL was so... Lo just loose on the punishment for Aaron Rodgers was wild to me. And look, 
I'm not getting into whether or not Aaron Rodgers should be vaccinated. Again, you guys know where I stand on these type of things. I am vaccinated. I'm not going to get into whether or not Rodgers should get vaccinated. What Rodgers did, though, misleading the public, which is what it is. You want to say it's not, it's what he did. And then basically using all the terms like the woke mob and, and everyone coming out to cancel him. I think that was just a, a coward move by him because he basically just deflected all the blame to everyone else when there is a sense of responsibility as to what he should have done. And if you don't want to get vaccinated, the very least you can do is be accountable. And he wasn't either one. He got a $14,000 fine. I don't know if you guys know this, but CeeDee Lamb has been fined more money this season for having an untucked jersey. And by the way, you're playing NFL, you're playing NFL football. Your jersey is going to be untucked at some points in the game. And if he gets fined again for an untucked jersey, $46,000 fine because he's a third-time offender. It's just crazy to me. Pick and choose. Pick and choose, NFL. What was the point in drafting Ian Book if we aren't going to use him? I think development's key. I think if you can get Ian Book to be a, a long-time backup, that would be great value. And I've been saying that from the jump. If you go to my Ian Book uh, recap or review, whatever I put it under, when the Saints draft him, I admit that I was surprised by the pick. But then I also said... Can the Saints develop him into Chase Daniel? That would be great value because you'd be surprised how valuable guys like Chase Daniel are. Now, if you get anything more than Chase Daniel, then it's all gravy. But I think it's always been a development process. You're looking at a guy who doesn't have great NFL intangibles. Is he ready to start right now? Probably not. So I'm okay with him not playing. But anyway, guys, that is going to do it for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast yet again. I think the Saints are going to have a little a legitimate shot, excuse me, at getting Odell Beckham Jr. If they get Odell, man, Man, that would be pretty, pretty damn good. Uh, and it would really change the complexion of what this Saints team can be, especially offensively speaking. So look out for Odell news in the next couple of days. I think that's going to come out eventually. Um, look out for Alvin Kamara news. I would say Friday is the determining point. I would not expect him to practice on Thursday. Friday will kind of tell us all we need to know. And then as for the Saints-Titans game, remember, remember the keys. You got to avoid turnovers. Make sure Jeffrey Simmons doesn't ruin your game plan. Run the football well. Get pressure on Tannehill and limit A.J. Brown or Julio Jones. And then you go from there. But we'll see what happens. The Saints have shown all season that they can respond. We'll see if they can do it one more time on Sunday. Saints, Titans, I'll have the recap after that game is over here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your upcoming weekend. And let's hope the Saints can bounce back with a win against the number one team in the AFC, Tennessee Titans. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.